is Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. Listen in colour. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was Jason Moran with Ain't Misbehaving. Good morning. This is Jazz Shapers. I'm Elliot Moss. Hello. Thank you very much for joining me. What is Jazz Shapers? I hope you remember. It is the place where you can hear the very best of the people who are shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul. And right alongside them, we bring someone who's shaping the world of business. We call them business shapers. My business shaper today, I'm very pleased to say, is Charlie Bigham. And Charlie is the founder of the eponymously named Charlie Bigham's. And they make food, lots of lovely food, which you can buy in all sorts of places places um, and we'll be talking a lot to Charlie about how he came to get into that business and how he's grown it into a 50 million plus turnover operation. In addition to hearing from Charlie you'll be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondorea some words of advice for your business and then of course we've got some brilliant music from the shapers of jazz, blues and soul. Ella Fitzgerald is in there, Albert King is too and so is this from Gregory Porter. That was Gregory Porter with French African Queen. This is Jazz Shapers and you're listening to me, Elliot Moss, here on Jazz FM. And Charlie Bigham is my business shaper today. And Charlie is the founder of uh, Bigham's and Bigham's is a a maker of beautiful food, a maker of food that you will enjoy, whatever your flavours and tastes are. Charlie, hello. Very nice to be here, Elliot. Thank you so much for coming. Um, tell me a little bit about why you decided to set this business up over 20 years ago. I, I know that you studied English, I believe, at Edinburgh University, finished in 1990. This is going to be like, this is your life. Um, <laughs> we'll stop in a minute. You started life as a management consultant, and many of my guests have started on that uh, part of the, the, the journey as well. That's been what they've done. Tell me then how it went from there into doing your own thing. Well, it's always quite easy with hindsight, but if I look if I look back, I think I was always kind of destined to set up and, you know, set up my own business and work for myself. As the truth is, I was actually pretty rubbish at working um for anyone else. Um and I didn't I, I, I didn't really like being told what to do. So it was and you know, if I kind of look back into my school days, I was always the sort of slightly nightmare guy at school who was selling things to, you know, whatever I could sell, I'd sell. And I, 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 I don't know, I guess I, I just enjoyed, I enjoyed that. And so, yeah, so I say, looking back now, not a surprise that I've ended up um, setting up and, and, you know, running and growing a business. Um, I love it. Why food? Um, I was sort of casting around for an idea. Uh, once I decided I wasn't going to be a management consultant anymore. And I kind of thought the idea didn't matter what it was. And then luckily, um, you know, probably based on having a chat with someone, actually I realised the idea did matter. It was really important. It was something I was interested in. And I love food. I love buying it. I love cooking it. And I 
quite enjoy eating it as well. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not alone in that. Yeah, I, and, I guess not. And so I kind of say so food was a really, it just seemed like a really great thing to do. Yeah. And um, and then I put my businessy hat on, I suppose, and looked at it and said, okay, well, it's a, it, it feels like a nice thing to do. Um, but would it make sense as a thing to do from a business point of view? And you kind of take a look at the food market, and the you know, food market is it's a massive market in, in just the UK alone. It's quite a dynamic market, actually, in the UK. You know, it was when I set up 20-odd years ago and still is today. And you can start a business in food and grow it quite quickly. And I guess right from the start, my ambition wasn't to have a little niche, you know, corner shop type business you know or, or, or one site business and you know, you know lots of fantastic businesses like that out there but I always wanted to do something a bit bigger than that and uh, when I looked at food I thought yeah actually you know if I if I'm lucky enough to come up with an idea that works and people kind of you know come along with me um, then it could turn into something it could turn into something more than just a startup business and just before we go to Ella Fitzgerald um Tell me now, just in, in in your own words, what's on offer? If I'm a consumer now, what do I? What can I buy from Bigums? Uh, well, the important thing is we don't make ready meals. Some people think we make ready meals. We don't because ready meals are about sort of compromise, and mm. you know, no one's going to really enjoy and look forward to a ready meal. So we just make nice food. However, you can cook it easily at home. So it's just pop it in the oven. You're half an hour later, you've got nice food. There you go. Hope you're feeling hungry, even though it's quite early in the morning. Stay with me for much more from my business shape. It's Charlie Bigham, founder of Bigham's. Time for some music. I mentioned her earlier. It's Ella Fitzgerald with Get Happy. Ella Fitzgerald with the upbeat Get Happy. I'm with Charlie Bigham. Um, he's founder of Bigham's. They make lovely food, nice food, not ready made, ready meals, ready to eat food. No, nice food. Nicer than that. Nicer than that, better than that. Um, you mentioned a couple of things I want to pick up on. You, you Obviously, we, we ascertained that you were a management consultant. What were the biggest lessons you got from that? What were the learnings that you actually think, looking back, again, you were strategic in getting the skills that you put in your top pocket said, they're useful, I'll set up my own business? Well, I think I was lucky enough. I worked for a very good management consultancy, which was called um, Anderson Consulting. Then it's kind of morphed into Accenture now. And it was sort of big global business. And so I kind of, and I think when you go into, uh, you know, a first job, you know, when I say to my kids or other young people now is just make sure you you work somewhere where you're going to find excellence because it will, it will stand you in good stead for later on. So I was fortunate enough to kind of see excellence. I think being part of an excellent organisation is, is, is really good. And I still kind of look back on some of the things I say, God, they did that really well. Um, the other thing I think being a management consultant teaches you is to sort of analyse a bit, you know, to stand back and look at things in the cold light of day. And especially, you know, if you're working, as I have been now for a long time, in food. Food is quite an emotional thing. Mm. And it should be an emotional thing. And it's brilliant for it to be an emotional thing. But, you know, it's important you have the ability to, to still stand back and, you know, make kind of sensible long-term business decisions. And it's helped me do that. 
and and those both make a lot of sense. There's something else you mentioned which is interesting. You said I didn't want to do a corner shop thing. I wanted scale, and that's interesting. Why was there that ambition? Was it just a well? Of course, it's going to be big. Or was there something else that was driving that? Um, well, it's not. It's not. You know, it's size for the sake of size, and we're not. And you know, we're not a massive. I mean, you know, we are a, a larger business than when I started now, and we got three or four hundred people that work in the business, so we're not small anymore. Um, but in food industry terms, we're still a little minnow, which I like because it means we can be nimble and different and do our own thing. And you know, we're not we're not a slave, if you like, to to the, to, to, to the size to the size we are. Um, but you but you you felt that whatever you created needed to be scalable. There was a sense that that just made made sense to you. Yeah, I think it, it's about impact. You know, if I think it, there's something exciting about reaching you know having an impact on 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 quite a large number of people you know it, it, i find it exciting today that two or three hundred thousand people you know sit sit down and eat our food every week no, tonight cool. that's cool isn't it tonight it's it's great that yeah. you know whatever that means is there'll be 30 30 000 people sitting down tonight and eating food that we've made that's really exciting that feels good. Stay with me for much more from my business shaper, Charlie Bigham, founder of Bigham's. Um, he's going to come up a bit later. But before that, we have some words of wisdom from our programme partners at Mishcon Direct for your burgeoning business. My name's Sharon Tan. I'm a partner in the employment team at Mishcon Direct. One of the questions that I'm asked by clients most frequently is, how do I deal with somebody who is underperforming? It's a very difficult thing, actually, this to get right. And it crops up very frequently in practice. And the reason it's difficult to get right is that it's very difficult often for people to acknowledge that they aren't performing. We all find it very, a very difficult thing to admit, even to ourselves. And of course, it's very important to make sure that you handle things in a legally compliant manner whenever you are dealing with these issues. But I think it's as important to bear in mind that you are dealing with a human being because in practical terms, what I have seen is that people are much more likely to sue, litigation is more likely to materialise, and unhappiness on all fronts is likely to result if people feel that they haven't been treated fairly, properly and appropriately in the circumstances. So the two really go hand in hand, and I think that is critical as a point to bear in mind whenever you are managing somebody who you don't think is coming up to scratch. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss. Every Saturday, I get to meet someone who's shaping the world of business. I get to ask some questions, hopefully not too difficult, but hopefully insightful, or at least they will prompt insightful answers more to the point. If you haven't had a chance to listen to all the programmes in the last seven years, then you can go into iTunes, put in the words Jazz and Shapers as a podcast. You can go into the catch-up area of jazzfm.com. Um, and a new thing in 2018, we will be repeating this programme at 5am every single Monday. And just because we can can, you can ask Alexa and you can even listen to Jazz Shapers there. I think one of the first programmes in the world to be available directly on Alexa. All this innovation, it's hard to cope. Uh, if you are coping, you stay with me then because Charlie Bigham's my business shaper and uh, that's today and that's right now. And we've been talking a little bit about his background and why he's been well trained, well primed to set up his own business, which he did over 20 years ago. You've been running this for 20 years. Not everyone that sets up a business, Charlie, has the right skills to develop that business. You mentioned there's three to four hundred people. There's a lot of operations. I know that you've just opened another kitchen, which is a big deal, big logistical deal. 
What have you had to learn along the way in terms of dealing with that scale that you so wanted way back when? What sorts of things have you had to go, I didn't know that and now I need to be better at it? Well, I think the first and most important thing you have to do is you have to realise, um, well, certainly for me, you're actually not very good at anything. Um, I do a little bit of everything. I dabble here and there. Um, but very quickly, you know, it, it, when you start a business, you have to find other good people. And so for a very long time now, you know, that's been a big part, big part of what I do. How I spend my time is trying to find great people to come and join our business. Because at the end of the day, it's only if we've got great people in the team who are all better at their individual mm. jobs than I would ever be that we're going to really thrive and grow as a business. And obviously there are lots of important people, but in terms of the really key, key people that ensure that the trains are running, they look right, they're going in the right place, how many are we talking about in a business your size? Well, it's funny because actually the way we organise our business, we say the most important people of all are the people who make our food day in, day out. Because we only exist as a business because our food tastes better than other food that it sits alongside. So when, when we talk about our business, we talk about, you know, the kitchen team who make our food every day and then the support team, you know, which other people might call head office. But our job as the support team, and I'm a member of the, the support team, is actually just to support what we do day in, day out, making great food. And along the way, and, and that makes sense. I mean, it's sort of an inverted way of looking at things, but the product must be it must have primacy, and that's yeah. what you're really saying, if one would call food a product. Um, have you had moments in this 20-so year journey where you've just said, I'm done, I've had enough, I can't take this anymore? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> he's no, so, I, he's, this, this guy here, you, you look, <laughs> you mean, you, you know, we talk about stress. You have no stress, evidently. You've talked about that briefly before as well to me. Why? Why are you not stressed? It's well, not I, I don't believe in stress. I don't think it's, I don't think it's helpful. I think a very, very little, you know, very little positive. It's a sort of negative emotion stress. And, um, and you know, it, running a food business, it, 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 it's a relent. It's a relentless thing to do because we start. You know, we start at you know five-ish in the morning. We might be our last <clears throat> last. You know, deliveries of the day might be going out at eleven o'clock at night. We're working seven days a week. So, if you chose to get stressed about it, there's just too much to get stressed about. So, I think. I've just I decided right from the outset I'm not going to get stressed about it. That doesn't mean there are ups and downs and there aren't moments of concern and moments of, you know, joy and elation when things go right. Um that's great, but yeah, I don't I don't I don't really do stress. Charlie Bigham doesn't do stress. You heard it here on Jazz Schaefer. Stay with me for more from Charlie and quite happily now we have Nora Jones with Carry On. That was Nora Jones, the lovely Nora Jones with Carry On. Charlie Bigham's been talking to me about not being stressed, but enjoying the ups and downs as well. Um, as you, you've built this business, 
the one thing that happens as a byproduct of it, apart from food and fame with a small F, I guess, in a way, because people, as you said, 30,000 people tonight will be eating mm. uh, your food. There's the money side of it. And you get more to count, which is a good thing. And then you have to borrow some here and there. Does the money bother you personally? I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not going to talk about your personal wealth or not. But do you like, have you enjoyed the journey of earning more money personally? Or has it been about the size of the business and the quality of the business you've created? You know, I, I'm very fortunate. If if you start up a business and it goes well, you end up with some money, and that's nice, and it enables you to go off and do amazing things that maybe you wouldn't have done otherwise. So I'm I'm grateful for that, and I enjoy it, and I you know I I live the benefits of that, so it's fantastic. But for me, business isn't about trying to make more and more money. Um, you, you, I think I, I do believe if if you're in business, if you've got a business, you've got to make a choice about whether you shrink or whether you grow. Standing still is never an option. I've never really seen a good reason to shrink. So that means you grow, and if you grow and you do well, then the business should make some more money. So why do you want to make more money? Um, what I say to the what I say to the team is very simple: profit equals freedom. If we make some money, generally what we what we do is we reinvest it back in the business, and it gives us the freedom to take risks, to do to, to to do the things that really matter, not just to me, but matter to us as a team. And you know, because the business, our business is absolutely about making delicious food, but I do believe that business goes beyond just producing a product or a service. There is there is something. Uh, there's a lot to be said for business being a force for good and, and you know, going beyond, just far beyond the bottom line. Stay with me for more from my business shaper, Charlie Bigham. In fact, it'll be our final chat. It's gone that quickly. And we'll be playing a track from Albert King. That's coming up after the latest traffic and travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. To Kansas City, Kansas City, here I come. I'm going to Kansas City, Kansas City, here I come. They got some crazy love. That was the blues man Albert King with Kansas City. I've been talking to Charlie Bigham and I have him just for a few more minutes. Charlie, just before um, Albert, we were talking about money. Um, you borrowed a little bit when you started. Um, how much exactly was it? We borrowed about £5,000 to get the business started. Right. Which is not a... Cr- I mean, that's obviously... it's, it's £5,000 is £5,000. But that, in terms of what you've gone and done with it, how do you think you managed in those first early months to make that money work? By working very, very hard. <laughs> <By> never, <laughs> lots not, of hours. Yeah, never and not working. not paying myself for a long time. Yeah. And I say to people, you know, people do... It, it, one of the lovely things about if you've been running a business for 20 years is you get to a stage where people start picking up the phone as I did 20 years ago and say I'm thinking of doing this can you help and I say to people when you know when they ask about this money thing how much money do you need to start I say well you basically got to make a choice you either do it with a small amount of money and work incredibly hard and probably you know live slightly on the breadline for a few years and and grow a bit more slowly or you go and raise a slug of money and then you can do then you can move much faster you can hire in you know some really good people earlier on in the process but the flip side is you you're going to write from from 
day one, mm. be ceding some, some control and maybe complete control of your business. And you've maintained pretty much control of the business, I'm imagining. So I took the, I, I, I took, I took the tortoise route. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad now that I did because the business is, we are completely independent and we can make our own decisions. We don't have to go and check with some investors who might have different views to us. Mm. You also mentioned something earlier about um, the kind of business you're going to have and that balance of, of and you've talked about focusing on the quality. You have a number of charities, um, one of which um, I'm going to mention now, which is the Beating Bowel Cancer Charity, which actually was set up, I believe, because you lost one of your colleagues, a young colleague, yeah. um, a year and a half ago. Small business, small number of people, that must have a huge impact in terms of how you then all feel as a team when you lose a member of your team. Yeah, it, it, it's um, it's difficult to talk about now. I mean, George, who 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 died of bowel cancer, aged thirty four, um, just over a year ago. Yeah, he was a he was a lovely guy, and he he was a key member of of our team and someone I work with very closely. And uh, you know, I miss him today. We all miss him today. It's really difficult in a small business when something awful like that happens because it's kind of like an emotional hand grenade going off in the middle of the business. And, you know, a year on, I think we're still, we're st- we're still completely understandably feeling the impact of that. As I say, we miss him and he, he was a huge contributor to the business and I think our business wouldn't be where we are today without what a lot of what he did he did for me and he was he was a lovely guy so it's but also on the flip side of that the heart and the head in business some people often say mm. you mentioned analysis at the first part and that critical thing over there it strikes me also there's a lot of heart in this business and the heart the, the fact that there's a connection with people that work for you and yes it's small but it doesn't always happen that's it feels like that carries the team carries the business as well from emanating from you well i think any business is is a community and we've got an amazing bunch of people who who work you know who work in the business, and we're always looking for more amazing people, especially now as we've just expanded and built a big new kitchen down in Somerset, as you mentioned. So we're we're on the lookout for amazing people. But if you want to just not attract but retain amazing people, um, you kind of have to look after everybody, you know, very carefully. But also, I and it's not and when I say look after it's not you know pay is obviously part of it but that's only a small part of it and I think creating an environment where people can be proud to work and want to come in every day and feel part of a community I mean both our own community within but part of the wider community without and to be doing some doing something important um, I think makes a huge difference listen carry on doing what you're doing it seems to be working um I'm going to have to taste your lovely food. I mean, a terrible admission to make, isn't it, Charlie? But you're going to have another one. It'll be 30,001 uh, tonight of eating your food. Thank you so much for your time. Just before I let you go, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? Um, I have chosen a track by Jimmy McGriff um, from the 70s. 70s, I think, is just a... Great, uh, great decade. A, a great decade. <laughs> a great decade of, of lots of wonderful things, one of which I, I, I think was the Hammond organ. Mm-hmm. So we got a bit of the Hammond organ. Um you won't be surprised to hear that I love to cook. When I like to, when I when I'm cooking, I have to put on a bit of music, turn it up louder than most of the rest of my family want it to be. And so I one of the tunes I love putting on is is Groove Grease by Jimmy McGriff and uh, then I'll get chopping some onions. 
I've now got in my head you, you, you cooking in the kitchen. Well, this is it. Here it is just for you. Thank you, Charlie. That was Jimmy McGriff with Groove Grease, the song choice of my business shaper today, Charlie Bigham. He talked about finding that first job and making sure when you find it that you work where you can see and feel excellence, a really good point. Analysis, another really important part of what he learned as a management consultant and he's applied to his business. The idea of impact, of wanting lots of people to be impacted by the business he chose to develop. And boy, has he done that with around, as he said, 30,000 people eating his food every day. And finally, that's that thought about profit equaling freedom and what he has gained from running his own business. All really, really good stuff. Do join me again, same time, same place. That's next Saturday, 9am sharp here on Jazz FM. I'm Elliot Moss. Thank you very much for listening. The news is coming up next. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.